0: Hey everyone, and thanks for finding Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast.
1: My name is Wes. I'm Demetrius.
0: And I'm Saeed. And join us as we talk about anime, manga, video games, and pretty much everything in between.
1: And no matter what the episode's content, we promise that you'll have a good time hanging out with us.
0: Without
2: further ado, here we go.
0: everyone, and welcome back to Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast. My name is Wes, and I'm joined by my co-host Demetrius.
1: It's hot in Topeka.
0: <laughs>
2: and Saeed. Hi, I forces.
0: <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> i'm stuck in my head dude just breaking uh, out into song to start the episode it's so good which is actually indicative of our feelings about our podcast recently because we all kind of want to break out into a song because thanks to you guys we have very greatly eclipsed and that word is important for the content of today's episode so keep that in mind we have greatly eclipsed our total listenership, I guess our total listens we've had per month. So you know, thank you guys. We depending on the way that this episode is received, in the same month we will have hit 2500 and 2600 total. And it feels like just yesterday that we announced 2000. Again, mm-hmm. from the bottom of our hearts, uh thank you all for listening. Thank you for continuing to stay on this journey with us. And we can't wait to bring you guys even more exciting things as we grow. So, today's episode, with all of the traditional and typical pleasantries aside, is going to be kind of a somber episode, but also a celebration of one of the most important lives in the anime and manga community. We're trying to stay recent, with these podcast recordings and with a lot of news just to get it out to you guys. Uh you will have seen this news if you're you're kind of in the anime community or even outside the anime community because I think I saw the Washington Post or the New York Times actually wrote an article on this. So Really? Wow. Yeah, so it's it's kind of going beyond its traditional almost somewhat niche reach and that is the passing of the mangaka kentaro miura uh he died on may 6th 2021 at the age of 54 from an acute, acute aortic dissection so pretty much a valve i believe is what it is in his heart just ruptured it's extremely rare in the united states they are only there're less than 200,000 cases Per year in the United States. Uh, So you can only imagine in a smaller country like Japan how rare potentially this could be. Uh, So we are we're all kind of taking it different ways because as you'll hear later in the episode Miura was very important on all of our anime and manga adventures including those of people we've had on the podcast before like our friend Brett. So we thought we'd take this episode to highlight his life, highlight his accomplishments, highlight things that he's influenced outside of just straight up anime and manga. So yeah, with that being said, we're gonna jump right in to I think, just uh, oh go ahead, go ahead. Real quick. Yes.
1: Real quick. For anybody in the community that has listened to us or has experienced um Yura's work, like it's it's okay to grieve mm-hmm. because it's been it's kind of weird to think about that someone you don't really know uh, has passed on and you see it with like a celebrity or an actor and you're like dang I'll never see their work again but when you actually are invested in something that's ongoing and have been invested for years and then all of a sudden you get news like this it was I don't know it, it took me a long time to really process I think I'm still yeah, processing I'm still processing mm. it too. that you know the same guy that brought me, what, 300-something chapters of Berserk mm-hmm. is is gone, and I can't imagine what his family's like. So before we get started, I definitely just wanted to say, rest in peace, to miura mm-hmm. you're a legend, you're great, and you will be missed.
0: Mm-hmm. And thoughts and prayers uh, to his family. Finally uh, gets to we, rest yep. the
2: way he deserves.
0: Rest yep. Up yep. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, before we kind of get into the episode, now that you mentioned that, it's kind of for me, it was this weird... And we'll talk about all of this later on. Like, our our personal feelings and what it meant to... What the series meant to us. What the guy meant to us. But it's kind of this weird waking up, like, realization moment. For me, because... What? Our friend Amonit sent it to our Facebook Messenger group at, like, midnight. One night, right after it was announced. Um, there was always... And there have always been these jokes in the anime community about... Oh, like, especially with series like Berserk that could took uh, constant hiatuses and Hunter Hunter uh, and even just longer series like One Piece or Vinland Saga. There are always these jokes that like, oh, I hope the series ends before the author, you know, kind of passes away. And now we're in that moment. It's it's actually yeah. it's not a joke anymore. Um, and it was really it, I don't want to say humbling, but it was it was a crazy realization for me that people joke about this type of thing and then when it finally happens you're like, "Well, I can't believe that it actually happened." Uh, but enough on that. We'll talk about yeah, it- kind of the series and our feelings moving forward um later on in the podcast. But for now, I'm just going to brief outline of our our episode. I'm just going to give a brief kind of history of Kentaro Miura. I'm going to throw it over to and Demetrius to talk primarily about his series, Berserk, because his studio does put out other uh, manga, but Berserk is the big one. Uh, and then we'll just talk about, you know, things that it's influenced, again, what the series has meant to us, uh, and potentially where the series is going forward. So, just a little bit about uh, the legend Kentarō Miura. He was born on July 11th, in 1966, in Chiba, Japan. At the age of 10, he created his first manga called *Mew Ranger*, which is a funny portmanteau, portmanteau, however you pronounce it, of his name, Miura. And it was published for his classmates in a school publication. That ended up spanning, actually, for an for a amateur series, it spanned 40 volumes. In 1977. What? Yeah, I didn't even know that prior to looking it 40 up. 40
1: volumes, for, wow. 40
0: volumes as a 10-year-old kid. So that just goes to the genius of him. Wow. Um, In 1977, he created his second manga called Kene no Michi, The Way of the Sword. And he used India ink for the first time, which is, I guess, a different type of ink. And then in middle school in 1979, he his drawing techniques... Uh, that's a year that's credited that he really started to find his style.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. In
0: 1982, (laughs) he started enrolling in artistic curriculums in high school, and his classmates alongside him started publishing works in school booklets. Uh, His first doujinshi, doujin, like a fan-made volume, was published in a magazine with the help of his friends, and at 18, he uh, served as an assistant to George Morikawa, of Hajime no Ipo fame, the author of which we put on our, and we've talked about before, we put it on our top 10 greatest anime series of all time. Same thing can be said about the manga for the series. Extremely good series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, um, Morikawa acknowledged how good of an artist and how high level Miura was in his thinking, his artist, his artistry, and his storytelling, and he dismissed him as an assistant because when you're the assistant to a mangaka a major part is to learn from the mangaka to eventually move on um and do your own stuff and he acknowledged that there wasn't really anything that he could teach miura so a quick quote or a quick story from George uh, Morikawa's twitter he posted a picture of one of his um one of his characters from Hajime no Ipo, Ipo, Takamura, that Miura had sketched for him, and he said this. So this is all George Morikawa talking. He said, This photo is a sketch of Takamura that Kentaro Miura drew for me. It's quite dear to me now. Let me tell a story. At my first weekly magazine job, we had zero staff, and he came to help me out as an assistant. He was 18, and I was 19. He was a student at my university's art club who came by after a lecture with a sketchbook in hand. I didn't know how well he could draw, so I showed him some of my own art and asked him to copy it. I was stunned by the results. His age utterly belied his talent. After he'd drawn a few more things for me, I already felt myself drawn to him. We were still young back then, and took time to chat about manga. When he finally showed me that sketchbook I mentioned, I got goosebumps. It was just that good. There were pictures of a fairy, some kind of brand, and a warrior with a giant sword, later known as Puck and Guts. His art, drawn with a thick pencil, overwhelmed the senses. When I asked him what it was, he answered with this. Just some things in my head, something I've been wanting to put effort into drawing. Just how long had he been sitting on these drawings? Berserk already existed, even back then before it was published. Months passed, and my series Hajime no Ippo was serialized. At about the same time, Berserk was also published. I heard that it was a struggle for him, but I was also sure of something. A truly fantastic manga had begun. It was a series that Kentaro had put his heart and soul into, that he drew on his own terms. I was sure that the public would just be as captivated by his art as I had been, by his exquisite artistic talent and fervor. I have nothing but respect for the sheer energy that went into every chapter. That's the end of my story. We were only together for a short time, but I've heard that he thought well of me. I'm truly proud to have known him. Kentaro, I'm sorry for sharing all of this on my own. Someday I'll come over and read the final chapter. So if that says anything, uh, not only is that <laughs> oh, extremely heartfelt, my heart, uh, but he was just so well respected by, and Mangaka have been putting out statements about him the entire time. The author of Vinland Saga put one out, uh, a bunch of them, support pouring in. Uh, he was highly respected in the community. And that being from Hajime no Ippo, which has over 1200 chapters published right now. Uh, I think that just shows the respect. So, he went to art college, like that said. And in 1992, um, or excuse me, in 1989, Berserk began publication, which he is known for now. Um, Berserk itself got a 1997 anime adaptation that Miura supervised. And later on, it got some standalone movies uh, that you can actually find on Netflix we've talked about before. I think they were around, like... The mid-2010s. They're the golden age movies. And then 2016, it got a fully CG uh, two-season
1: series. Yo, 30 years. It's been almost... It's been over 30 years that Mm -hmm. Berserk is out. That's crazy to say. Which... Wow.
0: Like you said, Demetrius, imagine... Like, we've... It's... Berserk, first of all, is older than all of us. (laughs) And... We, yeah. we, Which means we did not discover Berserk until we were all a bit older. And it's still having this impact on us. So imagine the impact on fans that have been reading it since the beginning. Like you mentioned, you see celebrities that might pass away and you remember all of their standalone movies or their roles in TV series. And you're like, wow, I'll never get to see the, that work again. It's With Berserk being monthly, it's something that's really was in everybody's life all the time i mean he took a lot of hiatuses you know what's insane Um,
2: in the beginning it was actually bi-weekly oh wow which is insane Mm -hmm.
1: wow to produce something of that high quality every two weeks oh yeah so no wonder he was struggling for a little bit
0: yeah so i'm gonna pass it off to demetrius and Said to kind of just describe berserk But before I do that, I just want to really highlight this. I saw, I forget who it was, someone said it on Twitter. If you have never read Berserk, or even watched something, although the 97 series or the Golden Age movies are really the only ones you want to watch, uh, which is a shame, but if you've never ventured into the world of Berserk, it's not too late to get into it and see what this series means for really a lot of people. But what is this series about? I'm going to throw it over to my trusty co-hosts to explain all of that.
1: Yeah. So Berserk is in a nutshell, kind of like a medieval fantasy uh, with a lot of darker vibes. It starts out that way. And then of course you get more uh, introduced through your main character guts to more demon, demonic monster type things happen and it becomes more of a fantasy world. Um, you see Guts struggle on to balance in between these two worlds. And I'd basically say fight his own fate and emotions without giving too much away. Yeah, we I know do we've not want to spoil
2: this. at all. We want everybody listening, mm-hmm. if you haven't read or watched Berserk, to actually do it. Very, no spoilers at all here in respect for yeah. Mirror's work.
1: Yeah, it is... It is one of the most beautiful stories, or the, one of the best stories that I've read in my life. And uh, I I think I could easily say that I would not be the same person if I didn't read it.
2: It is the epitome of dark fantasy. Uh, Miura is the equivalent uh, of J.R.R. Tolkien for dark fantasy in the manga and anime universe, especially. Also, other things that we'll talk about later, but uh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's a dark fantasy series that has a lot of heart, lots of lore in it, so if you're into that kind of stuff, you'll love it, uh great characters very, fantastic villain,
1: very dark, yeah. let me just repeat, very, very dark. dark yeah you'll you'll keep you'll it discover away from emotions the kids. you didn't know you had
0: yeah keep it, keep it away from the kids, I'll say that much, yeah, right, uh.
2: Also, if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, this series might not be for you. This, it gets really dark. If you guys think Game of Thrones is, was dark, the TV show, this is a lot darker than Game of Thrones. So if Game mm-hmm. of Thrones yeah, is too much so for you, this is not Trigger warning. For you.
0: Yeah. it's dark yeah, stuff, but it's beautiful.
2: Yeah, it's... There's reasons for the darkness. It's not dark for the sake of dark.
0: Yeah, a lot of the the darkness yeah. is... Would it be fair to say that Berserk is actually... Uh, a series of hope and overcoming adversity more beyond just its dark elements um it's about a lot without again without that. spoiling that's that's what it's that's the yeah, purpose I of see the it.
2: main character I'd say yep
0: yeah it's a lot about Struggle overcoming on. uh overcoming Fight adversity and in yeah yep and in that way it's very inspirational uh, of a read oh very Especially inspirational yeah, especially with what happens to our main character Guts, throughout various points in his life, and how he is able to uh, both cope and level with those events, and also move forward and grow. So art is also just incredible. Mm-hmm. Miura is art. Oh, oh yeah, understatement.
2: Like, oh. Some oh. of the just nuttiest yeah. art.
1: It's <laughs> so beautiful.
2: As the news dropped, I legitimately bought every single deluxe volume. <laughs> pre-ordered volume 8 I currently have 3 of them that came in I ordered these like 2 days ago and these things are beautiful the art in it is ridiculous There's, they're nice big volume so the art is even more like eye catching mm-hmm. it's great stuff mm-hmm.
0: yeah it is yeah. again it is just one of the uh, w- and we talked about it before it's It's not in shoujo any of that uh it is a seinen series it is aimed at young adults or just straight up adult in general uh and it is one of probably among what have we said the three greatest seinen series of all time um, oh for sure oh, yeah,
1: yeah mm-hmm. in, definitely top 3
0: what would that kingdom Not even and a question. saga is kingdom out seinen out of those three it's, i forget
2: yeah kingdom is seinen but uh that's like the community's top 3 with vagabond yeah. in there too but Berserk mm-hmm. isn't mm-hmm. like uh, Berserk is special. It's a special thing. Yeah.
0: It yeah,
1: is not agree.
0: It is haunting with If
2: you're a fan of Dark Fantasy, this. you can probably thank Berserk. Not even joking. Mm-hmm. If you experience mm-hmm. Dark Fantasy in any other pop culture, be it video games, even movies, scenes in movies, it's it's probably a Berserk reference. Like the Mimo with the and- Jojo reference, you can incorporate a berserk reference with that type of medium
0: and you know what that's actually a good um that's actually a good kind of segue into the next section mm-hmm. we were talking about which that's is just straight I up stuff that's that's that berserk it. mm-hmm. so they, hey, it's stuff that berserk has nice set up influenced uh from some mm-hmm. more obvious things to maybe some stuff that you might not have thought about or might not be confirmed but you know just from the way it is it it's influenced by berserk uh, the first big one i think uh that we can all speak on is obviously the souls series demon souls dark souls from the Even japanese bloodborne. video game studio and bloodborne yes from the japanese mm-hmm. video game studio from software they've been very open that their stuff is straight up inspired and almost at times i don't want to say ripped from
1: like adapted his, Dark his Souls works, is kind of yeah.
2: like a Berserk video game in a way like an yeah. alternate universe Berserk universe, uh, video game so if you've ever so if played you're into Dark, Dark
0: a- Souls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah if you've you ever played Berserk. one of those Souls Berserk mm-hmm. and Segway or not Segway but side note um, there was a Berserk video game that came out on Xbox and Playstation that was like a Dynasty Warriors video game but Berserk so he that is ex- like a
1: Berserk Musso. Did yeah, it have it cutscenes mm-hmm.
2: in it? it Those cutscenes are actually cut animated better than the 2016 anime. Oh, that's Which so is sad. crazy.
1: <laughs> Those cutscenes because are that's really nice should have been done. Mm-hmm. Agreed. They are.
0: So, yeah, that's the, that's the big obvious one. Like Saeed said, if you're into any of the games from From Software, Berserk is literally where they got their entire aesthetic from from the world design to the enemy design to weapons to characters all from they have berserk. A
2: branding thing too that looks almost identical to the brand in berserk too.
0: Yup. Yo, speaking mm-hmm. of that, Said, I remember you tweeted at the director of that one movie Brightburn. Did that I? their logo looked Yeah, you, you Oh like yeah, I commented did. and you were like the logo looks like the brand from Berserk and yeah. they like liked it and or something. Oh, that so, was hey,
2: on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. I think I commented on hey. YouTube and then the, the director or somebody liked it or the studio or whatever liked it and uh, that gave me a, the the impression that, yep, they got that from Berserk too. There's so many mm-hmm. things, even mm. even in something like Marvel. I, I know the first time I watched Infinity War, the scene where Thanos had to sacrifice Gamora to, for the Soul Stone to pop open and the dimension he woke up in, in like low, shallow water, with an eclipse in the background, that was straight out of Berserk. I don't care what anybody says, that was straight <laughs> yeah, out of Berserk. Shot shot a sacrifice with the with an eclipse in shallow water. It's, it's too coincidental. Hmm.
1: Wasn't there something in Endgame too where like it was uh it was when it was right before the portals came out, um and Captain America was like facing down Thanos, um in the background it looked so like apocalyptic and it reminded me immediately of Berserk I don't know why I'd have to look up the scene but that's how I felt mm. inside I just the that. tone of that
0: whole final battle in both movies um, well in Endgame the, the the tone of it and the setting of it was very the color palette was very Eclipse like um,
1: yeah and maybe it was just like the adversary you know what I'm saying like yeah. again not trying to give anything away but the setup of it was like very daunting.
2: Yep. Also, Castlevania. Agree. If uh, the Netflix I was just about to Castlevania had heavy inspiration from Berserk. All the creators have said it. They've they've mentioned like a fourth of their staff constantly referenced Berserk while working on Castlevania.
0: Which Demetrius, we were talking about before this season four is out. No spoilers. Demetrius hasn't finished it yet, anyway. So we weren't going to spoil it. There's a scene in season four yeah, that it is spoilers. straight up like something from Berserk. Uh, has to do with a little bit they, of armor. Okay, so studio, I want to
1: say, I want to say it's studio, I think it's Studio Power or Studio Powerhouse. I can't remember their exact name. Um, yo, they're flexing. They are hardcore flexing that they could do it. Mm-hmm. And I really, it would make a dream come true if they got the adaptation to do it because that would be the true successor in my mind to the 1997 series
0: they've said they wanted to they've said they wanted to they really Uh, should just pick it up post uh post uh golden age yeah Mm -hmm. yep uh i'm I'm here
1: for it it would do well
0: um yeah i would it would be interesting because, and we talked about this in our chat, that would be the first time really that a Western animation studio would take on a Japanese property in adaptation. So, hey, if even if it to make it easier, if they partnered, could you imagine if they partnered? I don't want to say Mappa because Mappa people are leaving Mappa and saying that they are being overworked and I cannot blame them with how many projects they have going on. Yeah, but could you imagine if like Wit teamed up with the castlevania studio for like a collab similar to how even though it's not like a western and a um japanese thing similar to how like bones and some other i forget i think it's orange uh, another animation studio are doing the godzilla series Mm -hmm. and how trigger and a1 did darling and the franks like give us amazon
2: and uh wit do vinland together
1: they might have uh, Which Vinland I Saga... I don't know. I know it's streaming.
0: Vinland Saga, side note, is getting an um, official English Blu-ray release through Sentai. And I'm very excited for that. <laughs> so...
1: Mm, bless hey, uh, As long
0: as it's not Aniplex. True, because, hey, a lot of these times, these Amazon series, this doesn't have anything to do with Berserk, but a lot of these times, these anime series on Amazon do not get DVD releases <laughs> or do not quickly get DVD slash Blu-ray releases. So give me all of the Vinland Saga Blu-ray uh, from Sentai instead of Aniplex cuz my wallet can't handle Aniplex But anyways, um
1: which yeah. one wait, which one came first? Which was it was it Berserk or Vinland Berserk. Saga? Vinland
0: Saga pretty
2: new.
1: Yeah. Berserk? Okay, so even Vinland Saga is drawing at least in, in character design? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drew from oh, Berserk. Oh, don't
2: even get me started on character designs like monster designs. Everybody rips from Berserk. It's so yeah. subtle, too. Mm. Attack on Titan. I literally was looking over the volume I have for that came in, and the Titan designs are from Berserk. I'll show you guys afterwards, but they're straight up from Berserk, dude.
0: Hey, you know what? You know what? There's, Take a picture of it, it. Send it to us once this is all said and done, and that will be incorporated somehow into the thumbnail of mm. this, uh, this podcast episode. Which what thumbnail maybe you we'll might ask? Tweet it. You can find us. Oh, true. On Twitter, tweet it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Put it on
1: Instagram. Who knows? Hey, we'll plug the socials at the end. Stay tuned. Maybe uh, maybe we have a uh, maybe we have an active Twitter now.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: oh yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: The little birdie uh, told so, me uh, it's gonna it's gonna pop off. <laughs>
1: hey hey hey! You wanna <laughs> hey jump on the
0: <laughs> jump on the the wave before it gets too big, everybody. You know what we're talking about. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's just some examples of. Things that Berserk oh, has influenced. Hold on. Oh, go hold ahead. on. Go ahead.
1: I got to bring up another one. Yes, sir. I got to bring up another one. Everybody knows Final Fantasy VII oh, Cloud. Of course. Yep. And that big sword. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that came from, mm-hmm. Berserk? Final
2: Fantasy XIV, the, the creators or somebody was tweeting out, I think yesterday, that Berserk, any t- the director, he was saying anytime he couldn't verbally communicate what he was talking about. He would refer his staff to the Berserk manga, saying, "This is what I want." It's it's so ingrained Mm -hmm. in so many different things.
0: Yep, the vision this man
2: had, the paneling skills he has to convey different emotions and I don't know, it it was insane. And keep this
1: again, I discovered emotions reading this that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are and stretches. There are mind.
2: stretches with no no dialogue or any bubbles to read in Berserk. It's just straight art that just evokes emotion.
0: And r- remember from what I read, everybody, he had ideas and art and character design sketched out like this when he was 18. 18 years mm-hmm. old. 18, he had okay. Berserk already going in his head, in his mind. He's a prodigy. Mm hmm.
1: It's
2: I can't I can't say I like I, I that. think uh I think he was influenced by Zelda. Just because of Puck. Puck and Puck and, uh Guts. Oh true. That's probably a Zelda Which, thing growing mm-hmm. up playing.
0: Which real quick, this doesn't yeah, have anything it. to do with influence, but just from a story standpoint, the balance that it has of cause we talked about all the dark fantasy, all of that, but Puck especially brings this extra layer of Comedy at times, lightheartedness at times, a good Much relief from character. a lot of these emotions.
2: He's, he's very necessary mm-hmm. in that story. Yeah, so he's hilarious, hilarious. Just the balance, Isidoro or whatever.
0: Yep. <laughs> the the rock thrower.
2: Yes, uh, good stuff. Just the balance Isidro,
0: yep. in characters that this man has, uh, and the ways that he plays with people's emotion and knows how to write in a way to keep you reading without ever feeling. Because mm-hmm. they're series we've talked about before. Because, uh, again, Berserk isn't the happiest of tales at times. Far from it. But there series we've talked about before, uh, Demetrius and I especially have talked about it, that invoke feelings of despair that we just don't like. Because that's not what we enjoy in series. But Berserk always can bring it back. And it's very hard for a lot of things to do that. Very, very mm-hmm. difficult.
1: I think it was... Uh- I think it was a Rocky in his book, like the way of manga. Oh you, yeah. You read it Wes. I oh, can't yeah. remember what it's called. You
0: can go on our Instagram and actually we've featured it as a, Annie merch Monday post, which thank you to everyone that interacted for the month that we did it just to test to bring it back. I promise I'm going to have it coming back soon. Uh, it's called okay. manga in theory and practice. So manga in theory and practice is a gotcha. book by Hirohiko
1: okay. Araki. That's what it is. Yeah. So that book talks about, how in a manga if you're going to talk about a certain thing even in a shonen or whatever you're going to do it has to go the right way it has to obey certain rules per se and if you're going to have a negative growth arc it has to come back up if you keep going negative and negative and negative it'll even for a reader that enjoys a story it'll you'll eventually lose most of your audience Mm -hmm. and i think like you said wes berserk has a good way of balancing both
0: yep it's not like a lot of series like you mentioned with the negative growth arc like sometimes something bad will happen to the character just to have something bad happen and there'll never be a resolution for it berserk takes the tragedies that happen to certain characters and uses it as end goals and also character growth moments that even though it's something negative like demetrius said with the negative growth arc ultimately it's net positive for the way that the story develops masterfully Mm -hmm. written masterfully written. Um, and kind of on that note about our own personal thoughts about the story of Berserk, uh, let's just start talking about kind of what Berserk means. Like, how did we start reading it? How did we discover it? I think Demetrius, uh, you might be, it might be good for you to start because was it your first time, especially given the, the, the time we're recording this and the uncertainty of anime conventions. Uh was your first time reading it at that yeah. Oticon in twenty
1: sixteen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my first time reading Berserk. <clears throat> and I remember I remember picking it up and I think it was Wesson and, and Said where it was like, Oh yo, that's a good one. And we were reading it in that silent library. Yep. Um, at the the Baltimore Convention Center.
0: Yeah, we were there for sixteen <clears throat> hours at that convention center. Sixteen that hours day. in one day. Oh, Let's go boy. with no
1: water bottles. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's true. We we should have we could have planned better. You know how it is. Sometimes going out with the boys. Yeah. Um. A, a hydrate or die. Drink, but anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> but anyway, I picked up that first volume. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what the first page is, but I was like, um. So what am I reading? <laughs> what What is this? But from there, it was a it was a very beautiful journey, and I think it (laughs) I think it was uh, honestly, you know, those moments where you pick up something and you start something, you're like, you know, this feels right. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I felt reading Berserk, and I I even though 2016 was like what five years ago, six, I I feel like I've learned. Wait, no, five. I can't do more. Almost five. Four and a half or so like we'll round up i feel like i've learned so much from that story and there's so much yet to learn and see um in terms of just like i think what i really love about berserk and putting it into words is the emotional range of berserk like i felt every single emotion reading this story mm-hmm. and the, the the art is beautiful each chapter holds its own like little secrets in it. If you want to disse like decipher them, the character designs are great. As someone who likes to occasionally draw art, I've never seen art that could evoke not only like feelings of uh, happiness, sadness, anger, like rage. Rage is a big one from oh, Yura. Yeah. He's I can't believe he could draw like. I
2: don't that. know how his what, what kind of headspace he was in when he was drawing some of this stuff I
0: saw. Oh. Fun fun fact, by the way, I forgot to totally mention this. In an Anime News Network interview, he mentioned that Berserk, in particular the Golden Age arc, was inspired by experiences he had in high school at times. Which mm. makes sense given the, the age that George Morikawa said he saw the art book. That would be 18, so it would be right after he's coming out of high school. But... Hey, this man must have had a
1: rough time in his friend group.
0: Oh uh, my goodness. I'll say that much.
1: I'll say that much. Yeah, like who, how, what kind of experience do you have to, to come out with that? Like, I can't imagine. It's just who like is artist. the one
0: individual? Who is the one guy <laughs> I need to know?
1: Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, for, anyways,
0: for me,
2: Berserk. My manga journey started in 2012. That's when I caught up to One Piece in the anime and then I caught up to the manga completely. And right after that, the next thing I jumped into was Berserk because I've heard it was good. So I was a little spoiled. I went to like even till this day, my Pinnacle of Shonen and my Pinnacle of Seinen were the first two things I ever read. It's been very hard to to like live up to that, which is kind of insane, but yeah, Berserk, oh, I don't know. It was just so so different than anything I ever read or watched or anything like that at that point. 2012 was like right after high school is when I read it. It it meant a lot. There was, there was a lot of themes that carried over throughout college and stuff too when I was continuously reading it. And as a, I guess... I want to write stories eventually And Berserk taught me a lot in that aspect too Like how to write characters How to develop a world That makes sense and stuff like that It's It was like He was uh, Mira was kind of like a teacher to me In a way I enjoyed his stories too But I kind of Was like a student Trying to Absorb The way to tell stories in different ways I don't know It was it was rough. The news, mm, really, it was really rough for me. Wow,
0: it's interesting too because when you say you were a student in Japan, certain professions, um, unlike here, where like a lawyer is like a lawyer and a doctor is a doctor, and that's how you refer to them, um, certain professions in Japan, instead of saying like oh doctor so and so, lawyer so and so, like artist so and so, will be. Just blanketed like professions will be blanketed as sensei, which is teacher in Japan, and manga artists/slash authors are called sensei. So, when you said that he was like a teacher to you, Mm -hmm. him being Miura sensei because he's a mangaka Mm -hmm. fits very nicely there.
2: Yep, Miura was definitely my sensei when it comes to Mm -hmm. teaching me about storytelling, which I, I, I. I hold very dear to my heart
1: it's kind of a it's so strange that like I feel almost as if a a story like Berserk made me more in tune with how I feel like more in tune with my emotions and more in tune with like what I enjoy and what I dislike
2: very much so Berserk it's this is gonna sound kind of weird and meta-y but it's kind of like a philosophy book too like a book, mm-hmm. it, Yeah, I agree. Like a philosopher was drawing a manga. Like a very well drawn manga by a philosopher. That's how I would describe Berserk in a way. There's a lot yeah, of philosophy there, in there that you can ooh. you can practice in your daily life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and I, I just learned I'm gonna piggyback on, on Saeed. Like I just feel like I learned so much from Berserk that it, it'll always be special for me. And I'm super thankful that I've been able to read it, even if it was by chance at a 2016 Otakon convention.
0: Group of of dead friends sit down.
2: Yeah, Berserk's been been with me since what? How long? It's 29
0: years? It's nine years, yeah.
2: Yeah, dude, nine years.
0: Yeah, I want to, for me, Berserk, I actually didn't start with the manga. Interestingly enough, um, which is why we talked about it in a prior podcast. We all watched the 1997 anime as a friend group last year. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. Every weekend, pretty much. We marathon watched it as a as a group and experienced it. Shout out to Sean Schemmel, who voices like every also other like character in that series. Yeah, also like mm-hmm, Saeed's tweet mm-hmm. about it. If we ever Twice. interview him. Twice. If we if we ever interview this guy, we're not gonna be talking about Goku. We're gonna be talking nope. about
1: every character he's been in Berserk. Talking about what is it? What was his name? Gaston and yeah. all the other side characters. Yep.
0: Just Mr. Shemwell, how is it like fighting against uh, himself on Berserk? He's a he's yeah, people, yeah. people in
2: both armies.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yep. that that ninety seven series was actually my introduction to Berserk. Oh my god! Because, dude, go ahead, go ahead, which is. Wow. Which is wild because I watched it when I was in middle school. Oh, uh, interesting choice. So the story behind that is, and I've talked about it as being, I've talked, I think I've talked about this before as also being like the time where I really started to get into anime. But I, it was in reference to a series called Azumanga Dayo, uh, military family. Demetrius can relate and Said I think you can relate too, just from a moving around a lot aspect. Moved around a lot. That's yep. that's what it's like being a military family. That's what it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, moved around a lot. I was living in Germany. Um, and it was the summer of my eighth grade year. I was living in Germany. And all my family lived in... Well, not all my family, but the family I'm close to lived in San Diego, California. And... I went there by myself. I thought I was so cool because I flew by myself for this one. I went there by myself to hang out with a couple cousins. Long story short, they had stuff going on at home. I wasn't having the best time because of some drama and stuff that was going on there. So my cousin Joshua, who is my uh, childhood hero, my idol, my best friend in the entire world, uh, father of my godson, he was like, come stay at my apartment. He's nine years older than me. He was like, I know you're not enjoying yourself this summer. Come stay at my apartment. Stayed at his apartment. And this was when Netflix wasn't streaming. Netflix was you had to get discs, right? And they'd ship you the discs. And mm. he was like, You went to anime? I was like, Oh, I really only watch, you know, Naruto and Bleach. Whatever. Let
1: He's me like, hook you up on some crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
0: he he started me off. He started me off easy. He was like, All right, here, check this out. Give it a shot. It's goofy, but I think you'll like it. Started me off with Azumanga Daio Because he had to work during the days, so I was at his apartment alone up until the evening. Uh, started me off Azumanga Daio. Watched that, loved it. It's one of my favorite kind of 4 coma like four-panel mangas of all time. I own the entire manga series. Um, then he put me on... What is it? Um, Peacekeeper Kurogane or something. I gotta... I'll, I'd have to look it up. It's all about the Shinsengumi. And it got a recent, um, it got a recent, yeah, Peacemaker Kurogane got a recent anime movie in 2018. Put me on that kind of historical drama, Shinsengumi stuff. I was like, okay, this is a little more action. This is, this is kind of on my alley. And then once that was done, and then came the big kahuna, came the big kahuna. He walked in one evening. He was like, we're going to order a pizza from Costco and we're going to sit down and we're going to watch this series. And, By
1: chance, did he have a six-foot-long sword?
0: You know, that would have been sick. That would have been <laughs> sick. Instead, he had some tiny DVDs that he got from Netflix. And he popped those in the DVD player or in his Xbox 360 at the time. And it was kind of like your guys' experience with the manga. It was unlike anything that I had ever experienced in my entire life. Uh, the, the 97 anime, people always say Berserk does not have any good adaptations. The ninety-seven anime is not bad, at all. It is a fine way of experiencing the golden age arc.
1: Um, I think it's. I think it's actually pretty good in, mm-hmm. it, when you combine it with the soundtrack. Oh, I was just soundtrack. so proud of the it It's a solid watch.
0: What Berserk also
2: introduced in my life through its anime adaptations is the incredible music, the incredible OST of the ninety-seven anime in particular. The guts theme is probably my favorite OST of all time.
0: You guys might get a little taste of it at the end of this episode. If, uh, hit, once hit, you yeah, listen to that, definitely go check to, it out.
2: Listen to that OST, and that OST is berserk. That yeah, emotion, crazy. The emotion that brings you is berserk. It is the most ethereal, sad yet hopeful piece of music in an OST I ever heard.
1: Yeah, yep. there's no, th- there's no better way to and say.
2: Naming it. it the theme of guts fits so perfect. That is guts' character. That is berserk.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, watched Berserk, and I always credit... I I include Azumanga Daioh and Peacemaker Kurogane, of course, but Berserk is part of that kind of trend and evolution of me going from just watching Naruto and Bleach in English to watching... And getting into... Berserk opened up the door is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it probably opened up the... what anime could be. Yeah, the possibility... It opened up my eyes.
2: The (laughs) expectations of what I thought anime was. Like the Naruto's, the One Piece's, the uh, Pokemon's and stuff. That's what I had in mind Mm -hmm. for anime and Mm -hmm. manga. But then Berserk came in and I'm like, wow. It could literally be anything.
0: Dude, and it opened up my eyes. It opened up my 8th grade eyes to some other things. Oh, yeah. Keep it away from the kids.
1: Keep Keep it away from the kids. kids. (laughs) Keep it away. Uh, Keep it away.
0: But, no, I credit Berserk as being one of the series that really made me sit down and be like, Yo, I need to get into this form of entertainment. And then, of course, I went on to read the manga multiple times over. Um... Not as much of it was out back then. But yeah, just fell in love with the series. It's it I would not be watching anime and collecting anime stuff t- like I am today without Berserk. So very important. And one last thing, I'm sure he's not gonna mind me sharing this story and people enjoy shoutouts on the podcast. Our friend Brett, you guys you guys know him. Yes, he came to a convention with yeah. us. Yeah. Good old uh, Brett. Our friend Brett said... This man said, I will never read manga. Never read manga. And then one day, he picked up a volume of Berserk at a convention. And now I'm getting snaps of him... Said you saw it when we were at the arcade earlier. Of uh-huh. him buying out stocks of manga and Funko Pops that are related to manga at Barnes & Nobles, And I'm sure he will... Agree that that very first volume of Berserk that he picked up and he started buying set him on a path that opened his eyes to a different type of medium, and that's consistent with what we've all said about Berserk opening our eyes to emotions and storytelling and Open your anime mind, and manga in general. Kaiba. Just, yeah. <laughs> so so take take a pick up a Berserk volume or find it somewhere online where you can read it or do whatever you can. Put your glasses on. See what I did there. See what I did there? Oh, Put I like it. On. I like it. Tell me why. And <laughs> and read read some read some Berserk. And that brings us reading Berserk to the 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 big question, the kind of before our, our wrap up thoughts here. The big question about the series, obviously with him passing, and like what I mentioned earlier about the kind of jokes in the community before this event, the series is not done. It is not completed. That should not deter you from reading the series, because major goals that our main characters have, or had, have been met up until this point in the series, and as of 2019, Kentaro Miura, in an interview, stated that Berserk was in the kind of the end game the back half of the series not even half past the back half of the series so it was getting close the latest chapters had some huge lore drops that everyone had been waiting for um and it just felt like it was getting closer to that ending than normal so don't let that deter you major stuff still happened, but saeed what did one of this man's assistants say
2: so one of his assistants tweeted out i believe yesterday that it was like, well, comma, I'll try my best or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Very ominous, but we're under the assumption that his work will continue because news to the grapevine or rumors or something, Miura was uh, training up his assistants to mimic his art style for a very long time. He has works other than Berserk, like little short works and. At the time of when he said he was going to work on those, everybody was confused. Like the Berserk fandom was confused. Like, why aren't you drawing Berserk and you're working on these other side stories instead? Turns out, those stories were actually drawn by his assistants. That were training. Those are those are like training types of series for his assistants to get as good as art as he is. So mm-hmm. the fans are speculating that his assistants will continue the work. Miura has already told them the outline for the rest of the story. The, the tricky part about that is you can't tap into the man's mind when it comes to his paneling and his vision of certain scenes he wants to look. So I don't know how that's going to work out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for people unfamiliar with the manga landscape, and we mentioned it a little earlier in the beginning when we said that Miura was a very short-lived assistant to George Morikawa. You have the main mangaka and then that person will employ part-time assistants or will be suggested or recommended assistants from his editor and such who will help with sketching out panels, doing backgrounds, coloring, toning. inking, yeah, yeah toning. Um, the, the fun and cool thing about Miura is he had his own manga studio called Studio Gaga. And it is one of the only manga studios that employed assistants on a full-time basis. So some of his assistants... Bought houses, started families. It wasn't a part-time gig like the normal assistant is. Based off of working with him on his works, he could afford it because of how popular this was. So it'll be interesting, like Saeed said, to see what happens with this. Um, we had really, Saeed, you either, dropped it th- Yeah, we, ha- yep. we had three Go ahead.
2: theories. Um, either Berserk's going to end it, End as it is now, and we're not going to get anything else. Which is, we're completely fine and respect it if that's the way the state of the Miura family wants to do it. Or if, if that was in Miura's mm-hmm. will, he doesn't want anybody to touch it. Nobody touch it. Please don't touch it if Miura didn't want anybody to touch it. I respect him more I than agree. his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, uh, if he did have an outline and in his will wanted to release it upon his death, in that. Just the outline, nobody continues to work, but just to let the readers know this is what he had in mind, that's option two. And option three is what we just spoke about, uh, him training his assistants to take on the mantle after his passing.
0: Mm-hmm. And that, that, third, that third option isn't wholly uncommon, I guess. Rumors are that if you become the editor of Eiichiro Oda, the author of One Piece, and you work as an assistant for him, you have a general idea of how One Piece ends. Um Togashi, right. the author of Hunter Hunter, yep. the creator of Hunter Hunter, has told his wife, the creator of Sailor Moon, how the series ends. So that should he pass before Hunter Hunter, maybe even releases another chapter, because God knows when the next chapter of Hunter Hunter comes out, she could finish the series. No rush
2: after what's um, happened to Mira, I'm no never rush. going to yeah, no rush, no rag rush. on anybody yeah, for a- taking this. breaks ever again. Take quit writing mm. for all I care. Your health's more important point, than the story point. itself.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, so if I see any of you won't fans complaining wealth.
2: about Oda taking breaks every four weeks, three or four weeks, I'm gonna come after you. It's true. Let the man it's rest true. Let jump literally put it into his contract. He has to take these breaks. He doesn't want to Yoside. <laughs> he doesn't want to take these breaks. I remember there's a story that came out when Oda was hospitalized and the man in his hospital bed was drawing for the next chapter. Yeah, like that's that's a lot. The work that's a whole nother discussion that we can have maybe in the future. The work Mm -hmm. ethic what's what's the term? The work It's the work ethic. ethic, Just the culture. The the work culture the work culture in Japan is very different than here. We can argue Mm -hmm. the toxic the toxic elements of it, but it's it's very tough, especially for mangaka and animators too. Oh yeah.
1: Yep. And um, Saeed's gonna be that that one meme of like that face that just looks at you and the hand comes out of the screen. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> Keep talking.
0: Let these Hey, but let it's these been, men rest, please. It's been nice though, because ever since this happened with Miura, the amount of people on social media and across all platforms encouraging authors to take a break. What was it? People were tweeting at the Vinland Saga guy, like, hey, Take all the time you need now so that we can hopefully get this story. Like, your health is first. The the attention it has put on the health of Mangaka has been very nice to see in the community. Rather than the it's it a could story have gone, of hope. Yep, it could have gone that people start tweeting out, hey, you better get this finished before something bad happens. But instead, it's been the nice response. Hey, I would also like time, to formally
2: apologize to George R.R. R. Martin. I've joked on it Yo. a couple oh, yeah. times <laughs> with our friend Amonit. Yo. very sorry. Take your time. If you don't want to do it, I understand. Your health's more important. Do you, Bo? Yeah. Do
1: you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like going to say, just, just your health is your wealth. Just take care of yourself. And for the people that are doing these stories, take care of yourself. It's okay. Yes, it's sir. It's okay. It's more important. It's more important that you are okay. The story can be whatever it is. Just take care of yourself.
0: Yep. So anyone have any closing thoughts on Berserk here before we wrap up this kind of celebration of the late, the great, the legendary Kentaro Miura?
2: Well, I just want to say thank you Kentaro Miura for bringing me one of my favorite pieces of fiction I've ever read and for being a fantastic sensei to me. That's about it.
1: Yeah. And I, I pretty much echo that, that sentiment. I, I'm different today because of what I experienced with so many others. So thank you for the experience. I think I'm still processing. I'm not even going to lie. It didn't hit me until later in the day. But yeah. The last thing that hit
2: me as hard as this was when Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park passed. It's on that level for me. Very
1: influential. It's pretty high.
2: Yeah. For me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I echo it. Thank you uh, from all of us for giving us what is probably one of the greatest pieces of fiction to ever be written. And if you are one of the people out there that doesn't believe that something like a manga or a comic can change people or can influence people, please pick up a copy of Berserk, pick up a volume of Berserk,
1: read through it, see what it's all about.
0: It will change you.
1: Keep an an open mind. Keep an open mind.
0: Yep. With that being said, my name is Wes. Enjoy the outro. Go listen to Guts's theme on YouTube in all of its forms. Guts's theme
1: played There's in a ten-hour loop. Theme listen to all of it. Ten-hour loop. Yup. Enjoy the outro. Oh my gosh, a ten-hour loop of Guts's theme. <laughs> oh,
2: I almost got through the entire thing that day. Oh. By the way.
1: Bro, I'm scared if I listened to that for 10 hours, I would just look up and, like, my ceiling would be stars. <laughs> like, I'd be looking at the galaxy or something.
0: Hey. I'm
2: not gonna lie, I'm probably gonna listen to it after the recording session.
1: True. <laughs> True. It's such good music.
0: They've been listening to it. They've been listening to it here for a little bit. So, this was Demetrius and Saeed. You guys know what to hit them with.
2: To be continued.
1: Bebop, don't stop. Rest in peace.